You're listening to Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN. It's shaping up to be a three-man race in Augusta. For a while, it was Brooks Kepka and John Rahm separating themselves from the pack, but they've allowed at least Victor Hovland to hang around. Kepka is at minus 11. Rahm is at minus 9. And Hovland is now in third place at minus 8. Hovland went two under par in the third round while Kepka and Rom each went one over par. So the top four golfers are separated by just three shots. Kepka is two-shot lead over Rom, who is one shot ahead of Victor Hovland. And again, the fourth round will be a little bit condensed. They'll tee off at 12.30. They're going to have pairs teeing off on the first and the tenth holes simultaneously to make sure they get everything in before sunset tonight at 7.54 in Augusta. Yankees looking for a series win in Baltimore. They beat the Orioles 4-1 to yesterday. Nestor Cortez making his second start of the season. The Yankees starting pitching for the most part has been very good. Garrett Cole, one earned run allowed in 12 and a third innings. Johnny Brito, the rookie who was terrific again yesterday, gutting his way through five innings, has allowed one earned run in 10 innings this season. And Cortez in his first start, one earned run in five innings pitched. The back of the rotation hasn't been as good. Domingo Herman and Clark Schmidt in three combined starts have allowed 11 earned runs in 11 and one-third innings. So it's Cortez against Tyler Wells, first pitch in Baltimore at 135 today. The Mets are looking for the sweep of the Miami Marlins. They beat him three games out of four to begin the season last week in Miami. And now after a 9-3 win in the home opener on Friday, a 5-2 win yesterday, they send Carlos Carrasco to the mound to face Braxton Garrett, 140 first pitch at City Field as the Mets look for the sweep. They look for their sixth win of the season, and they are 5-4 and four after yesterday's 5-2 to two win where they got a terrific performance for the second straight time from Kodai Senga. Six innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, just a home run to Jazz Chisholm, and six strikeouts for Senga. Pete Alonzo homers for the fourth time in the last three games, a two-run home run in the fifth inning, his fifth home run of the season and Eduardo Escobar, a big two-run home run in the sixth to give the Mets a 5-1 to one cushion and route to their 5-2 victory over Miami. So they go for the sweep today. Yankees go for their third straight series win to begin the season. A couple things from the Yankees game yesterday. Giancarlo Stanton appears to be off to a good start. Another line drive home run for him into the left field seats in Baltimore, which is not as easy to do as it used to be as they move the fence back and up. He has three home runs this season. Aaron Hicks got an opportunity to play yesterday and came through with a two-out RBI single in the fourth inning, and that tied the game at one and allowed the Yankees to win 4-1. to one. Hicks is still one for 11 this season and is not in the starting lineup today. Brito was the story again for me anyway. He's 2-0 and in his two starts, allowing that one earned run in 10 innings pitched. Remember, this is a guy who was eighth on the depth chart among starting pitchers coming out of spring training. And injuries to Carlos Rodon, Frankie Montas, and the most recent one to Luis Severino have allowed Brito this opportunity. He's making the most of it. Uh, on the day that the Yankees sent Jonathan Loisaga to the injured list, a really good sign from Michael King, 
who was great last year before getting injured and looked a little shaky in his first few outings this season. He threw two shutout innings yesterday and struck out three batters. And Clay Holmes, after a rough first appearance of the season, appears to be settling in once again as the Yankees' closer with three straight scoreless appearances. So Nestor Cortez against Tyler Wells at 135 from Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Yankees, uh, excuse me, Yankees, Knicks, as we uh, transition to basketball, the Knicks have their regular season finale. So do the Brooklyn Nets. The entire NBA wraps up its regular season today uh, for the Knicks at the Garden against the Pacers. And we'll have pregame coverage beginning at 1230 right here. And then at one o'clock tip off, Ed Cohen and Wally Zerbiak have the call today. Uh, you have Jalen Brunson is out again and Julius Randle. Obviously, we'll see Brunson next weekend in game one at Cleveland. And we certainly hope we'll see Randle in game one at Cleveland as well. We'll have an update on Julius Randle's injury status during the pregame show, which again begins at 1230. Knicks taking on a Pacers team that they just beat on Wednesday in Indiana. That historic performance in which Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, and Emmanuel quickly all scored above 30 points, becoming the first trio of Knicks to do that since March of 1979. The Pacers will be once again without their young all-star point guard Tyrese Halliburton. Meanwhile, like the Knicks are locked into their first-round series against the Cavaliers, so are the Brooklyn Nets in their first-round series against the 76ers. And wouldn't you know it, the Nets are playing the Sixers at Barclays Center this afternoon, so it's a who's who of who's not playing in that game as neither Doc Rivers nor Jacques Vaughn want to give away too much before these two teams play for real starting next weekend. Uh, on the injury report right now, Brooklyn is without Seth Curry. He's out. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is out. Cam Johnson is out. Royce O'Neal is out. Ben Simmons is out for what that's worth. And you also have Nick Claxton, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Joe Harris are all listed as questionable for rest. The one name you won't find on the injury report for the Nets is Mikael Bridges because he has never missed a game in college, in the NBA, has never missed a game. So he's certainly not going to start now. Uh, the Sixers have some guys who have missed plenty of games, including Joel Embiid. He's not playing. James Harden isn't playing. Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, DeAnthony Melton, and P.J. Tucker. That's the entire starting five and the sixth man, George Niang, the seventh man. Their top seven players for Philadelphia are out of today's game. It's quite an advertisement to tune in to the Nets and the 76ers. You know what that means? That means you tune in to Knicks basketball right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. We'll put this Knicks regular season in some perspective and look ahead to not only game number 82, but to the Knicks and the Cavs first round playoff series when we continue here on 98.7 ESPN New York. You're listening to Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN. I'll have the pregame show for you at 12.30 and then turn things over to Ed Cohen and Wally Zerbiak with the play-by-play. Game 82, but by no means the final game for the Knicks this season. Let's head out to the Garden now. Ed Cohen is going to give us a little preview of the pregame show before Game 82. Ed, appreciate a couple of minutes. Looking forward to the call today. Uh, and let's start here, buddy. Um, you've done a few Game 82s as the voice of the Knicks. This one feels a little different than the ones in years past. No doubt, Pat. First off, I want to give a shout-out to the guys in the studio. Learning to fly by the Foo Fighters. Perfect bump back in. Great music video, by the way, 
with all the characters played by Dave Grohl. So that's, uh, I guess, the first part of it. And number two, you're right. You know, these games are always interesting. And a lot of times there's not anything to play for for either team. So I think Game 82s are about the fans and the experience here more than anything else. You have a lot of young fans. Many, it's their only game of the season. Others have been here all year. Uh, but again, Knicks are going to the playoffs. It gets serious come next weekend in Cleveland. I think today is about the fans, the experience, and being able to shower this team with praise after what's been such a special regular season. It has been a special regular season because I was talking about this earlier. You look back to the preseason and prognostications for what they're worth, and the Knicks' over-under number for win total was set in the 37-38 range. They're at 47 right now. A lot of people would have considered a successful season the Knicks getting into the play-in tournament, which, as we know, they have really surpassed that. So it's an opportunity for those fans who are in the building today to really show their appreciation for one of the best Knicks seasons that we've been able to witness in the last 10-plus years. No doubt, Pat. And I think, look at the games here at the Garden. I mean, December, January in particular, there were some heartbreakers in this building. And the Knicks were in a good spot, but what was hurting them was those close losses on their home floor and at some point things really began to turn and they were winning a lot of those games a big turning point was the game against cleveland in january not to mention the one in december uh, but that game where hardenstein blocked donovan mitchell they were starting to win those games here and then josh hart coming over really solidified this team wasn't just good they were dangerous and i think since that point uh, they've been one of the best teams in the nba and you feel so good about what they have top to bottom uh, going into what should be just an awesome playoff series beginning next week in Cleveland. You know, it's funny, game 82, you look around the injury report, and I just listed all the 76ers that aren't playing in the Nets, and that's a little different because they're facing each other today and in the first round next week. But there are stars and starters out of action all throughout the league today. And again, not so for the Knicks. Look, Randall's legitimately hurt, so he's not playing. And Brunson is still recovering from a legitimate hand injury that kept him out of three games not too long ago. Other than that, though, it appears all hands are on deck for the Knicks, and it just really is not surprising. It goes with who this team is and who this coach is, the way they have handled this last week of the regular season. I agree, Pat. And at some point, you've got to appreciate that, not just for the coach, but the players, too. We saw it last week, or rather a couple days ago in Indianapolis. You know, the young guys saw major minutes, but they thrived. Grimes had the big game, topping quickly, all with 30-plus. And another guy who played so well in that game was Mitchell Robinson. Now, he didn't play the other night in New Orleans, but you look back to the game on Wednesday, he had a double-double. He had 16 rebounds. I mean, he was all over the place, seven blocks, contesting even threes against Indiana. So he doesn't play Friday. We'll play today. To what degree, we're going to find out. But, you know, at some point, your young players, yes, they're really valuable, but if they want to go and just get a couple more minutes for the playoffs, hey, got the green light, at some point, someone's got to see the floor, and it really was a great spirited effort Wednesday in Indianapolis. doesn't need to be the exact same today, but you like the fact that you're giving guys a, another chance to get a little more rhythm before a week off and then the playoffs beginning next week. Ed Cohen joining us from Madison Square Garden. Nixon Pacers tip off a little after 1. Our pregame coverage begins at 12.30. Ed, one guy we know will be out there is Isaiah Hartenstein because he's been out there all season. It's not done that often in the NBA where a guy plays all 82 games, and especially a guy like Hartenstein because when he came into the league, it took him a couple of years to crack a rotation and become an everyday rotation player, and he has certainly become that here in New York in his first season. Pat, it means a lot to him. I mean, you can hear it 
just watching with his teammates to play all 82 means a lot to Hardenstein. You go back to the beginning of the season, he didn't really take off as a valuable contributor um, until probably January. He's mentioned the block on Donovan Mitchell in that game against Cleveland here at the Garden as a real turning point for him in realizing his role is vital for the Knicks. You go back to what he was doing with the Clippers last year, it was more the spacing, the facilitating, the passing that made him so good with their second group. And this year, that role was different at the beginning. There were some games where you'd sit there and say, how much of a role is he really playing with the bench? But since late January, he has been vital. The rebounding's been huge. Uh, the passing's gotten there a little bit better the last couple of weeks. Uh, and they'd be nowhere without him. He's made the bench that much better. And with Hart especially, the bench group is one of the best in the league. Hartenstein is a major part of it. So, yeah, all 82, that's a big accomplishment in his first year with the Knicks for Isaiah Hartenstein. Now, of course, after today's game is over, everybody turns their attention to the playoff series. That has been inevitable for a couple of weeks right now. It's funny how the Knicks and the Cavs have been so intertwined in so many ways going back to the offseason with the Donovan Mitchell pursuit. Um, but a couple of things. As you look at this Knicks playoff team compared to the most recent one of two years ago that lost in five games to Atlanta. And really, for me, Ed, the one thing that sticks out more than any is the amount of options the Knicks have offensively, the depth yep. that they have with the development of guys like Grimes and where Quickly is right now, Obi Toppin taking advantage of his recent opportunity, and then, of course, Josh Hart coming over. No doubt. I think that's number one at the top of the list, Pat. And I think to add to that, a few things. Number one, Knicks were really shut down against Atlanta, and they put so much focus on Julius Randle in that series and the ball was worked around and a lot of times it ended up in Alfred Payton's hands, R.J. Barrett's hands. I think Barrett now has become better at playing to his strengths, getting to the basket, given the other night he really struggled for three against New Orleans and now you've got Jalen Brunson. That's a game changer in a playoff series against Cleveland. I want to add one more point to that and that's defensively. You know, a couple of years ago, Knicks their numbers were historic in terms of allowing fewest points, field goal percentage D, defending the three-point line. I mean, they were number one in all three categories. They're not so much there now, but where they're better, no question, compared to the other first-round series against Atlanta, is their individual perimeter defenders. We've talked a lot about it this year between Grimes, Quickly, Hart. I mean, they're just so much better out on the arc defending, and I think compared to a couple of years ago where you really felt like Reggie Bullock was the one guy you could really throw it. Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, to shut them down. I think the Knicks right now have far more options defensively to throw a guy at a guy for Cleveland that's playing well and is hot in the moment. Uh, that's a big difference from a couple of years ago. Well, game 82 for the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, but by no means their final game this season. What is this, year number six for you, Ed, as the play-by-play -play <laughs> voice? Year number six. Man, it, it goes fast, Pat. It really does. It sure does. All right, we'll hear from you and Wally just after the top of the hour. Thanks a lot. All right, but always. Ed Cohen from Madison Square Garden. Game 82 for the Knicks. They take on the Indiana Pacers in the regular season finale. A lot at stake still on this final day of the NBA regular season. Not really in the Knicks game against the Pacers. The Pacers have been eliminated for quite some time. The Knicks clinched their spot in the playoffs last Sunday when they beat Washington and before they returned to the floor for their next game, which turned out to be Wednesday night in Indiana, 
they had locked up the number five seed by virtue of the Nets losing. Everything is set in the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee and Boston are the top two seeds. They await their first-round opponents, who will both come out of the play-in tournament. Philadelphia is number three, and they'll take on Brooklyn in the first round. Cleveland is number four, and as we know, they will take on the Knicks. Now, the play-in tournament looks like this. Miami plays Atlanta in the 7-8 game. The winner of that game is the number seven seed and will face the Boston Celtics in the first round. Toronto and Chicago play the 9-10 game. The loser of that game is out. The winner of Toronto-Chicago will play the loser of Miami-Atlanta, and the winner of that game would be the number eight seed and would have to face the top-seeded Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. Now, in the Western Conference, things are a lot more complicated. The top four seeds are set. Denver is number one. Memphis is number two. Sacramento is number three. And Phoenix, which might be the most dangerous team of all when everybody's healthy, is the number four seed. The Timberwolves and the Oklahoma City Thunder are guaranteed to be in the play-in tournament. Oklahoma City is locked in at number 10. But in the middle of the Western Conference standings, you have the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Pelicans. All four of those teams can be as high as five, and all four of those teams can fall into the play-in tournament. So there's a lot to play for today. I mean, imagine if you're the Memphis Grizzlies and you've earned the number two seed and obviously home court advantage in your first round playoff series. And the possibility exists that you could have to host the defending NBA champs, the Golden State Warriors in that first round game if the Warriors come out of the play-in tournament. Or you could host the Los Angeles Lakers with a healthy LeBron James or as healthy as he's going to be with the foot problem and Anthony Davis and all of their new additions. So the Western Conference is going to be extremely interesting and it's going to be extremely interesting on this, the final day of the regular season. But for the Knicks, I mean, you think about where they have come from, the preseason expectations. I just spoke about those with Ed Cohen a little while ago. They weren't high for this Knicks team. But the fact of the matter is this, the Knicks from 2013, when they went to the playoffs until the COVID pandemic shut down the NBA season in March of 2020. Those seven straight years, the Knicks missed the postseason. Seven years in a row. During the pandemic, in that offseason, they hired Tom Thibodeau. Leon Rose had been hired as the team president just before the pandemic. Tibbs comes in as the new head coach at the beginning of the 2020-21 season. And this is year number three for Tibbs. Year one, they break that seven-year playoff drought. They go to the playoffs. He was the NBA coach of the year. Last year, they took a step back. Julius Randle took a step back. They brought in some new additions that didn't really fit with what they were trying to do, and they missed the playoffs and the play-in entirely. It was a disappointment considering the high of the previous year. This year started off slowly, 10-13, and 13, after losing a blowout game to Dallas at home on December 3rd. Since then, they have turned their entire season around. Since that day, which started with a win, Against the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Knicks have gone 37-21 and 21 and have been one of the best teams in the NBA. All right, it's been a great morning. Enjoy the afternoon uh, Masters action if you're into that. Of course, we'll have Knicks basketball right here. I want to thank Anita Marks for being my guest on her own show. And I want to thank John Mascari as well. Tom Bauer and Joe Leo did a great job producing. But please don't go anywhere because we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to have pregame for the Knicks and the Indiana Pacers from Madison Square Garden. Game number 82 here on 98.7 ESPN New York.